Chapter seventy three of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lafano. Chapter seventy three concerning a certain gentleman with a black patch over his eye who made some visits with a lady in chapel is it and its neighbourhood in the morning though the wind had somewhat gone down twas still dismal and wild enough and to the consternation of poor mrs mcnamara as she sat alone in her window after breakfast miss mag and the major being both abroad a hackney coach drew up at the door which stood open the maid was on the step cheapening fish with a virulent lady who had a sieve full to dispose of a gentleman with a large unwholesome face and a patch over one eye popped his unpleasant countenance black wig and three-cocked hat out of the window and called to the coachman to let him out forth he came somewhat slovenly his coat not over well brushed having in his hand a small trunk covered with gilt crimson leather very dingy and somewhat ceremoniously assisted a lady to alight this dame as she stepped with a long leg in a black silk stocking to the ground swept the front windows of the house from under her velvet hood with a sharp and evil glance and in fact she was mistress mary matchwell as she beheld her poor mrs mac's heart fluttered up to her mouth and then dropped with a dreadful plump into the pit of her stomach the dingy dismal gentleman swinging the red trunk in his hand swaggered lazily back and forth to stretch his legs over the pavement and air his large cadaverous countenance and sniff the village breezes mistress matchwell in the meantime exchanging a passing word with the servant who darkened and drew back as if a ghost had crossed her gathered her rustling silks about her and with a few long steps noiselessly mounted the narrow stairs and stood sallow and terrible in her sables before the poor gentlewoman with two efforts mrs mac got up and made a little and then a great curtsey and then a little one again and tried to speak and felt very near fainting see says mary matchwell i must have twenty pounds but don't take on you must make an effort my dear tis the last come don't be cast down i'll pay you when i come to my property in three weeks time but law expenses must be paid and the money i must have hereupon mrs mac clasped her hands together in an agony and set up the pipes m m was like to lose patience and when she did she looked most felonously and in a way that made poor soft mrs mac quiver tis for twenty pounds woman she said sternly hubbubbub hoo 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 blubbered the fat and miserable mrs mcnamara it will be all about i may as well tell it myself i'm ruined my venetian lace my watch the brocade not made up it won't do i must tell my brother i'd rather go out for a charwoman and starve myself to a skeleton 
than try to borrow more money mrs matchwell advanced her face towards the widow's tearful countenance and held her in the spell of her dreadful gaze as a cat does a bird why curse you woman do you think tis to rob you i mean tisn't a present even only a loan stop that blubbering you great old mouth or i'll have you posted all over the town in five minutes alone madam and you need not pay it for three months three whole months there well this time it ended as heretofore poor mrs mac gave way she had not a crown piece indeed that she could call her own but m m was obliging and let her off for a bill of exchange the nature of which to her dying day the unhappy widow could never comprehend although it caused her considerable affliction some short time subsequently away went mary matchwell with her prize leaving an odour of brandy behind her her dingy and sinister squire performed his clumsy curtsies and without looking to the right or left climbed into the coach after her with his red trunk in his hand and the vehicle was again in motion and jingling on at a fair pace in the direction of nutter's house the mills where her last visit had ended so tragically now it so happened that just as this coach with its sombre occupants drew up at the mills dr toole was standing on the steps giving moggy a parting injunction after his wont for poor little mrs nutter had been thrown into a new paroxysm by the dreadful tidings of her charlie's death and was now lying on her bed and bathing the pillow in tears is this tenement called the mills formerly in the occupation of the late charles nutter eh demanded the gentleman thrusting his face from the window before the coachman had got to the door it is sir replied toole putting moggy aside and suspecting he could not tell what amiss and determined to show front and not averse from hearing what the visit was about but mrs nutter is very far from well sir in fact in her bedchamber sir and laid upon her bed mrs nutter's here sir said the man phlegmatically he had just got out on the ground before the door and extended his hand toward mary matchwell whom he assisted to alight this is mrs nutter relict of the late charles nutter of the mills knockmaroon in the parish of chapel is it at your service sir said mary matchwell dropping a demure curtsey and preparing to sail by him not so fast mom if you please said toole astonished but still sternly and promptly enough in with you moggy and bar the kitchen door and shoving the maid back he swung the door to with a slam he was barely in time and mary matchwell baffled and pale confronted the doctor with the devil gleaming from her face who are you man that dare shut my own door in my face said the beldam tools my name madam said the little doctor with a lofty look and a bow i have the honour to attend here in a professional capacity ho a village attorney cried the fortune-teller plainly without having consulted the cards or the planets well sir you better stand aside 
for i am the widow nutter and this is my house and burn me but one way or another in i'll get you'd do well to avoid a trespass ma'am and better to abstain from housebreaking and you may hammer at the knocker till you're tired but they'll not let you in rejoined tool and as to you being the widow nutter ma'am that is the widow of poor charles nutter lately found drowned i'll be glad to know ma'am how you make that out stay madam by your leave said the cadaverous large-faced man interposing we are here sir to claim possession of this tenement and the appurtenances as also of all the money furniture and other chattels whatsoever of the late charles nutter and being denied admission we shall then serve certain cautionary and other notices in such a manner as the court will under the circumstances and in your presence being by your admission the attorney of sarah hearty calling herself nutter i did not say i was said tool with a little toss of his chin the gentleman's large face here assumed a cunning leer well we have our thoughts about that sir he said but by your leave we'll knock at the hall door i tell you what sir said tool who had no reliance upon the wisdom of the female garrison and had serious misgivings lest at the first stout summons the maids should open the door and the ill-favoured pair establish themselves in occupation of poor mrs nutter's domicile i'll not object to the notices being served there's the servant up at the window there but you must not make a noise mrs nutter poor woman is sick and hypochondriac and can't bear a noise but i'll permit the service of the notices because you see we can afford to snap our fingers at you i say moggy open a bit of that window and take in the papers that this gentleman will hand you there sir on the end of your cane if you please very good twill do she has them thank you miss said the legal practitioner with a grin now ma'am we'd best go to the prerogative court mary matchwell laughed one of her pale malevolent laughs up at the maid in the window who stood there with the papers in her hand in a sort of horror never mind said mary matchwell to herself and getting swiftly into the coach she gleamed another ugly smile up at the window of the mills as she adjusted her black attire to the prerogative court said the attorney to the coachman in that house i'll lie to-night said mary matchwell with a terrible mildness as they drove away still glancing back upon it with a peculiar smile and then she leaned back with a sneer of superiority on her pallid features and the dismal fatigue of the spirit that rests not looked savagely out from the deep haggard windows of her eyes when toole saw the vehicle fairly off you may be sure he did not lose time in getting into the house and then conning over the papers which puzzled him unspeakably End of chapter seventy three recording by john brandon